2: Last weekend, I talked about the fact that Christmas is all about the gift of God's presence. We talked about the beauty of the presence of God and what God's presence does for us in our lives. I want to talk tonight about Christmas being the gift of possibilities. Would you say that with me? The gift of possibilities. Possibilities is a very, very important word. When you say something is possible, what you're saying is you're saying it it can potentially come to pass as something that could and should, or possibly, if you will, happen in one's life. It can now come into reality. All of us have had things in our life that we looked ahead to and said, that's possibly going to happen. And sure enough, many times some good, wonderful things came into reality based upon a hope or a dream that we had in our lives. Now, the birth of Jesus is extremely important because when Jesus came, he made certain things possible for your life. In fact, the coming of Christ into the world is the gift of possibilities for your life. Your life is filled with possibility because Jesus was born. And the birth of Jesus brought in a whole new era. In fact, we've talked about it before that Jesus' birth split history in two. We have what's called B.C. and A.D. Why? Because Christ came in and he ushered in a new era of time. In the Old Testament era of time, there was the presentation of God's law and God was presenting himself in terms of what was expected out of mankind. And so we know the old covenant was the covenant where where there was the the, the declaration, the understanding of God's holiness and God's law. And we all begin to realize, based upon the law, that we could not fulfill it, and that's why we have the beauty of the New Testament, because when Jesus comes into the New Testament, he's born into our world, he ushers in a whole new dispensation, it's called the era of grace. And so the Old Testament is the era of law, and the New Testament is the era of grace. Aren't you? Era, E-R-A, not E-R-R-O-R, okay? Era, time, sequence, season, dispensation of grace. Anyone glad tonight that Jesus brought in the era of grace? Amen? I'm glad he did. None of us could live. We could not keep up with the law. We could not obey the law. In fact, and even the apostle Paul said the Old Testament law was a schoolmaster that taught us that we needed Jesus. And so when the Bible says do not do this and do not do that, and we found ourselves doing it anyway, we needed a savior to come and help us by his grace to do what we could not do on our own. Even the Old Testament prophet Isaiah prophesied of the coming time of Messiah and the new era that would happen, the new season, the new dispensation that would occur. As we find here in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, again, 700 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah the prophet says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. He's, by the way, referring to Jesus, the Messiah here, has anointed me, speaking of Jesus, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to... And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Isaiah says, I see Messiah coming down through the portals of history. He didn't know how long it would be, but it ended up being 700 years later, and Jesus came fulfilling that prophecy. And how do we know that this prophecy was about Jesus? There's some beautiful things in this prophecy. We know this because when Jesus began his earthly ministry, he goes into the, temp- into the synagogue in Nazareth, and he picks up the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he begins to read in front of the people. He says, he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me. how I mean, you know, the poor people need some good news, right? He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners. What do prisoners need? They need freedom and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, read the rest with me today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That day, Jesus said, now I've come to present the year or the dispensation, the era of God's favor upon people, the era of God's grace and the error of God's grace resulted in us being able to experience things that otherwise we could not have experienced from God. In fact, as a part of Jesus' ministry, it's described here in Matthew chapter 15 and some of the things that Jesus did. I'm laying the foundation for what we're going to see here tonight in just a moment about the possibilities for your life. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. Please notice it. They brought to him what? Help me out here. The lame, the blind, the crippled, the those that couldn't speak, and many others. So there's all kind of issues, all kind of problems, and laid them at his feet. And what did he do? He healed them. But I would submit to you this evening is before Jesus came, none of that was possible. Okay. But because Jesus came, there were people who were mute, that were now enabled to speak. There were crippled people who were made well. There were lame people who could not walk, who now were walking. There were blind people who were seeing. There were deaf people who were hearing. There were demon-possessed people who were free from their chains of bondage. Jesus came, and he fulfilled incredible possibilities in people's lives. And Jesus is still doing that today. Jesus is still making things possible for people's lives. See, Christmas is it's great that we have the trees, and it's great that we give gifts to one another. It's great that we do all those things and have the party. Thank God for the parties and all the cakes and the cupcakes and the, all, the, all the food that we share. All that's wonderful. Nothing wrong with those celebrations, but we need to get back and understanding what, understand what it's really all about. Jesus made it possible for you to see. One of the most frequent miracles that Jesus performed during his earthly ministry was the the miracle of restoring sight to people. Over and over again, you'll read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He finds a blind person he restores their sight, or two blind men and restores their sight. I'm going to give you some examples of this in just a moment. But Jesus is the restorer of sight. I'm going to bring this to application to you in just a moment, but look with me at this story in the book of Matthew chapter 9. This is a story of Jesus reaching out to two blind men, or two blind men reaching out to Jesus. When he'd gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They'd ask for the healing of their blindness. Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was, what? Their sight was restored. They were healed, obviously. They were restored. Luke chapter 18, look at this particular story. What do you want me to do for you? He's asking a a blind man, what do you want me to do for you? Because the man had been crying out to Jesus. Lord, I want to. By the way, that should be a prayer that we all pray to God. As I'm going to share with you in just a moment, all of us have spiritual blindness in our lives, and the only one that can heal you of your spiritual blindness is Jesus. And this was a prayer that this particular man prayed. He cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. I I want to see. He replied, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Now, so often as we read these stories in the Bible, we tend to think of them either sort of a fairy tale. and Unfortunately, some people think of them as something kind of mystical that happened, or maybe it didn't even happen at all. They're just sort of stories in a book. Other people say, well, yeah, that happened way back then, but it doesn't happen today. And I want to tell you that even though maybe you've never seen the miracle of a, blind, a physically blind person seeing, and by the way, there are recorded miracles around the world of physically people who were blind seeing in the name of Jesus being healed. Maybe you've never seen that. I haven't Seen that personally, but what I have seen is I've seen people's spiritual eyes be open when they were blind spiritually. And the greatest sight you will ever have in life is not your physical sight, it's your insight your ability to see beyond what is just around you, to have the spiritual sight that gives you the capacity to see a new way of living, to see a new set of values, to see a new sense of purpose, to see a new hope for your future. And I would submit to you again tonight that when you came to faith in Jesus, you suddenly saw, and you can testify, many of you, to this. You saw there's a new way of living. I used to live this way, but but now I can live differently. And you were empowered to have a new sense. Set of values and a new set of purposes and a new hope for your life. In fact, many people, your lives have been so radically changed that people were able to say, you're different. What happened to you? And the only thing you could say is Jesus opened my eyes. He made possible something that I never knew would be possible for my life. I'm seeing like I've never seen before. I'm thankful for Christmas because in Christmas, there's the possibility that when we're blind, Jesus can come in and bring light to our eyes, and we can see things that we've never seen before. One of the prayers that, again, I would encourage you to pray and continue to pray is, I seek to do in my own life. Lord, would you let me see what I need to see? I don't want to see what the world is telling me. I want to see what you are doing in the world around me. Give me eyes to see and understand what you're up to in our world. The second thing that's possible for your life, not only can you see now, but you're able to hear. Not only did Jesus restore sight, but he also opened deaf ears. Mark chapter 7, look at this story. People were overwhelmed with amazement. It's one of the miracles that Jesus did. He's done everything well. They said he even makes the deaf deaf hear and the mute to speak. Obviously, the ability to communicate. You can't effectively speak without effectively hearing. And one of the beautiful things about Jesus, when he comes into your life, thank God for Christmas, because when he comes into your life, he wants to get a hold of not only your sight and open up your blinded eyes and let you see a new way of living and a new set of values and a purpose you never thought you would have had before and a hope for your future. He opens your eyes to things like you'd never seen, but he also opens your deaf ears because spiritual deafness causes a lot of problems for people. If you're deaf spiritually, you're going to be in trouble in your life. I was thinking about this in preparation of this message, and I want to share with you some of the things. I think this is a key element for all of us to understand, things that happen in your life and that occur in your life when you're deaf, when you're deaf to God's word and you're deaf to God's spirit, there's a hardness that happens in your life. Have you ever noticed when you're in a situation in life, you feel like you're a little bit far from God, you're not really as close to Him as you used to be, and then He begins to work in your heart by the Holy Spirit, and you begin to feel that brokenness on the inside of repentance and coming back to God and recommitting your life to God. You start realizing how hard your heart had gotten over time. And all of us... Allow our hearts to become hard, and when your heart is hard you can't hear what God is trying to say to you. And hardness of heart is something that deafens us. Look at this passage Matthew thirteen, verse fifteen. For this people's heart, for this people's heart, God says, has become calloused. They hardly hear. With their ears and they have closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. The reason a lot of people don't experience a healing in their life is because of the hardness that they have in their heart. Then also the second thing that we would note here as well is that what happens when you're deaf is you go through life spiritually ignorant. You know, we, we think about the value of education, right? Do we value education? Of course we do. We send our kids to school, starting at kindergarten, and we encourage them to get as much education as possible because we know that education is part of the pathway up out of life, out of poverty, out of challenges of life, that education is important. But oftentimes we don't think about the spiritual ignorance that is in our life, and the only thing that will overcome spiritual ignorance is being able to hear the Word of God and hear the wisdom of God in your life. And if you're spiritually deaf, you will not hear hear that. You'll not grasp that. And you'll stay in bondage to things that you should no longer be in bondage to. Second Timothy 4, verse 4 is talking about the last days. I'm going to tell you that we're, we're in the last days right now. Do you understand that? Okay. You say, well, how last are they? I don't know how last they are, but we're in the last days right now. We're headed toward the time that Jesus will come back again. And Paul, the apostle about 2,000 years ago, was talking about the last days then, and it's still relevant today. He speaks of the culture during that time and the increasing dimension of a problem in the culture. They will turn their ears away from the truth. What will they do? They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. Would you think that's going on in our world today? Oh, my goodness, yes, it is. And even in increasing measure, before Jesus comes back again, that's why you need to have your spiritual hearing adjusted, okay? That's why you need to have your spiritual deafness removed. Why? Because we, we live in a world that is consistently turning their ears away from the truth, you'll also produce spiritual resistance in your life, that when you don't hear well, that you don't respond to God. There's a resistance, or we might even use the word rebellion, that we rebel or resist God. Here we see in Ezekiel, the prophet speaks of this in chapter 12, verse 2, son of man, you live among rebels who who have eyes, but refuse to see. They have ears, but refuse to do what? It's not just a matter of ignorance, it's a matter of rebellion. They refuse to hear. They refuse to hear for they are a rebellious people. And then, of course, the last one I'll mention here is that when you don't hear well, you, you don't walk well. You don't head in the right direction. Have any of you ever stopped somewhere to try to find out uh, maybe directions somewhere? You're asking them where you need to go, where to turn. You don't know where you're headed to. And so you, you say, give me directions to such and such a place. And they tell you the directions and maybe you don't write them down. You think you hear them well. And you find out that instead of turning right where they said to turn right, you turned left. Why? Because you were misdirected. It wasn't so much that they were misdirecting you. You didn't hear the directions well. And many times in life we struggle because of this very thing. And The Bible says, stop listening to instruction, my son, and what will happen, you will what? You will stray from the words of knowledge. What am I reminding us of this weekend? I'm reminding you of the fact, us of the fact that we are blessed because Jesus came, because Jesus came. And now we have the possibility that our eyes can be open. We don't have to go through life spiritually blind. We have the possibility that our ears, spiritual ears can be open. We don't have to go through life spiritually deaf. Notice the blessing that comes with hearing. In Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the Word of God and put it into practice. I'll tell you what the greatest blessing in your life will be is not having a bank account that has lots of money in it, nothing wrong with that, but the most blessed you'll ever be in life is to know that you're hearing God, okay? The most blessed you'll ever be in life is to know that your ears have been opened to hear the voice of your father through his word. And that's, by the way, the primary way that God will speak to you is through the word of God. The third thing has been made possible in your life is you now have the capacity to walk. The Bible says the lame were able to walk again because Jesus came. And the coming of Jesus made and makes walking possible. Walking is an important part of your life. Take a look at this story in Matthew chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. These are words that were spoken about a paralyzed man, and the Pharisees were upset about it. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home, the Bible says. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to man. He was a man that was paralyzed, and he could not walk. And Jesus comes into this environment where this paralyzed man were. And there were religious people all around. And the first words that Jesus speaks to this man is he says to him, son, your your sins are forgiven. Well, the Pharisees, the religious people said, well, who, who is he? Why would he say sins are forgiven? He doesn't have the authority to do that. And Jesus said, I said that so you would know the son of man has the authority to forgive sins. But let me bring it down to your level. My son, get up and walk rise and walk. And there in that moment, the man who had been paralyzed began to walk again. And there are lots of people, maybe you in your life, you can look back on a time in your life when you were were not walking straight, You were not walking in the right direction. Your walk had a a perversion to it, had a twist to it, had a misguided direction to it. And so you weren't walking as you needed to walk, but Jesus came into your life and now you're able, it's possible to walk humbly with God. It's possible to walk with a new level of confidence. It's possible to walk in a a greater dimension of wisdom. You now are walking in harmony with people that you didn't used to walk in harmony with before. You're walking faithfully before God. Why? Because Jesus... Jesus made it possible for you to have a different walk. Anybody glad about Christmas tonight? Are you glad about it? Why do we celebrate Christmas? When you celebrate Christmas this next week, what should you think of? Well, if Jesus had not come, it wouldn't even be possible for me to see. Spiritually, the things that I'm seeing and that I need to see in my life, it wouldn't be possible for me to hear the things that I'm hearing. My, my, my spiritual ears would still be clogged up. I would still be deaf to God's voice. And if Jesus had not come, I wouldn't have the walk that I need to have in my life. And it may not be a perfect walk, but I'm walking better than I used to. Amen? So you say, well, I'm not walking completely well right now, but I guarantee you, you're probably walking better today than you did last year at this time. And you keep walking with Jesus and your life continues to grow and improve. The fourth thing that Jesus made possible, I love this one, he made it possible for you to function. You know, we have a word that we use in our culture today that often describes people are going through difficulties or having problems in life. We, or, or maybe have a pattern of problems. We call it being dysfunctional. You heard that word before, right? Well, that's a dysfunctional person or a dysfunctional family. Well, Jesus came so that we could experience a functional life. And the word function means that it works. Do you want your life to work? Well, Jesus makes it possible for your life to work and for your life to work well. And over and over again in the gospel accounts, you will find that Jesus went to people who were dysfunctional and he made them functional. That should help someone tonight. He showed up in people 's lives who were dis- i mean really dysfunctional people, and after their encounter with Jesus, they became functional people let 's take a look in Luke chapter 13. I love this story as well. There was a lady who had been crippled by a spirit for how long. Eighteen years, the Bible says. Now think with me for a moment. Jesus is in a synagogue. There's a lady there who's been crippled by a spirit. A spirit refers to a demonic spirit in her life. And would you agree that if a demonic spirit is in you and crippling you, that is a dysfunctional life, correct? She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. She could not function. She lived her whole life like this. She could never look up. She could never look around. Somehow, we don't know what had happened to her, but a spirit, an evil spirit had afflicted her life, her body in some way. And so for 18 years, everywhere she went, she went like this, bent over, crippled. But yet she was in the synagogue that day when Jesus was there. And so she's been over and she couldn't straighten up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Let me just change that for a moment. I think we can do so without without affecting the scriptures at all. Jesus says you're set free from your dysfunction, okay, from your infirmity there's some of you that you've maybe been looking at areas of your life that feel so dysfunctional. I want to remind you that Jesus came to free you, to give you the possibility to say, I don't have to live a dysfunctional life. Jesus came so that my life would function and my life would function well. My prayer for you this evening as we're sharing this time and this message together is that God would begin to open up your eyes like you've never had them open before because Jesus came from heaven to earth so you're not spiritually blind anymore. Jesus came from heaven to earth so that you're not spiritually deaf anymore. Jesus came from heaven to earth so that you can walk the way you need to walk in your life like you've never walked before, walking in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And Jesus came down from heaven to earth so that there's the possibility that your life will no longer be dysfunctional. Your life can be fully functional. You can work your Your life will work well because of Jesus' presence at work in and through your life.
1: I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, When we call on God's name, when we call on the name of his son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you, you need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer.